Welcome to Edge of the Rabbit Hole in our October 3rd, 2017 episode with demonologist James Anito. Welcome to Edge of the Rabbit Hole. We have a great episode coming up tonight. We have James Anito, demonologist, with us. Uh, with me, as always, is my hostess, Vanessa Hogel, and, of course, our chat shenanigator, Shauna, down there in the chat room. So, really looking forward to tonight. Um, Vanessa, let's kick into whatever housekeeping we have. How are you doing tonight? Fantastic. Awesome. <laughs> you just had a book come out. I did. I did, and it has done exceptionally well. I'm super, super, super stoked about that. Um, a lot of people have been really, really, really generous in the reviews, and it's it's, it's made my days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the reviews have been great. All five stars out there on Amazon. Very, very good. Hey, I hit the top ten in the UK. That's right. You made top ten in the UK in... A, and the last I saw was 33 in the U.S. Yeah, and it had went up to, uh, I'm going to brag just a second here, I'm going to shut up. But it went to top 15, and we all know somebody who is really, really well known out there who was at a number 44 when I was at 15, so I was a little happy. Ah, I think we know who you're talking about. <laughs> so I think we know who you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was stoked. I, I was know, stoked. I know. And so if you haven't gotten your copy yet, by all means, go out there and get it. Um, it is Walking with Ghosts. And I'm going to here. I'm gonna put your uh, book cover up real quick. If it'll... Come on. Let's go. There we go. There it is. Walking with Ghosts, Vanessa Hogel. So definitely go get it. Available from... Uh, Haunted Road Media, and of course you can just go out there on Amazon and get it, but um, it's better if you go out to like the um, Haunted Road Media Facebook page or whatever and actually click on the link there, that helps us better. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, it does. You didn't tell me that. Oh, you knew these things. If I listen to Mark, because he just told me that, and that's really important, because we, I mean, well, I, I just show up, Mike works his ass off, so... <laughs> Yeah, anything to help out, Mike. That's awesome. Yeah, okay, and you know how you can really help me right now? I've got 11 extra of these shirts. <laughs> now, if it said, I'm just here for the rum, I'd be, right. yeah. Well, we were talking before the show with James, and uh, he's going to get well, one. I'm just here for the demons. <laughs> no, no, no. Just here for the D. Just here for the D. All right, all right. So, um... <laughs> Not All right. Yeah, and we have to throw we have to throw ghosty out here. Of course, you know if you don't have your ghosty, get your ghosty, get your ghost thing on. Um, and then the I'm here or what is it? Um, oh, I can't even remember right now. The witchy shit shirt. I'm into witchy shit. Yeah. <laughs> and Vanessa came up with it was Vanessa and Shadow were talking a couple of weeks ago, and um, the banter back and forth. Vanessa said something about the witchy shit, and so that's where that I'm one came from. Shit. That's the witchy shit. So here's. Real quick, and then we'll get to James. <laughs> I know people are waiting for James. So, and there's the witchy shit shirt. So, yeah, you can get that. And it's uh, church. I am. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yep, 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 yep. 
Very cool. Not, not even a shame. Yep. So you get uh, that. Tammy says she loves her shirt. Yeah, yeah. Tammy really liked it. Shauna got hers the other day. Um, she is going to post some. Yep, she's going to post some pics here pretty soon because I think so far she's the only one that I know so far that's gotten the purple one. So uh -huh. Shama, Gwen got it. we need to see that. <laughs> and Gwen got it. Gwen got the purple one. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I haven't seen anybody say anything about it, so okay. Uh, Gwen posted a picture. I'll go back and find it and add it to the page. Okay, maybe I just missed it somewhere. Okay. Just Been it's been a busy few weeks. <laughs> so, so, without further ado, I'd like to bring on James Anito. He is a uh, demonologist and seminarian. And um, James, I'll just let you go ahead and um, you know talk about uh, talk about yourself. <laughs> let everybody know exactly um, who and uh, what it is you do. Well, I must be on the wrong show. I thought I was coming on to speak about dermatology, but I was just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> children. And it was ex extremely large. 
and smell that high. I mean, you can smell, smell it, you know, 40, 40 feet away from the barn, and it was the rotting meat. meat. That, that horrible, horrible disgusting, disgusting smell. smell. Oh, oh, it just, it just circled, circled you. Just surrounded, surrounded you. And, and the only way I could describe it, how to describe it, is it was like a human spider that spanned, its arms and legs spanned the top of this of this big barn. It was like it was straddling it, you know, four arms and legs on either side, staring at us. Am I wrong in in believing that that was what what you studied? Oh, um, you know, I have I've done you know a little bit you know for you know to hit upon what I thought about when I introduced myself. Um, I've done over 400 cases in the past 12 years, um, and I would say that, you know, what I quantify as a demonic entity, I've only dealt with anywhere from five to seven true demonic entities in my, in my, in my case of my analytical mind, in my opinion. Um, there, there's definitely a chance. You know, one thing that I like to say about this field, there is no, there's no facts to what we do. Uh, it's you know, not backed by science. But the one thing that we can back and truly back ourselves on in science within this field is the laws of attraction. Um, if you have so much negativity in one location, guess what that's going to attract? It's going to attract more negativity. That that just that is common knowledge. That's that's part of our universe and that's what truly exists. You know, we are all energy. So if you have an accumulation of negative energy in one location, what says that I can't draw something uh, of an evil caliber entity such as a, a demon? Um, you know, basically, you know, I kind of want to laugh because it's in pop culture right now and, you know, the movie It, right? Uh-huh. So, um, Basically, it was an interdimensional being, uh, a.k.a. a demon, a lot of people like to say. And he would, of course, in the movie, if you've seen the movie or read the books or seen the original, um, basically, you know, appeared as a spider, appeared as your worst fear. So that's what a demon does. They, they don't necessarily, in my opinion, have a true form, but they appear as... Uh, something that you might fear, something that somebody might fear. So, of course, appearing as a spider, um, you know, I've dealt with repercussions, dealing with cases where I would have nightmares of spiders. And I'm definitely afraid of spiders. I hate them. Um, and, you know, so it's a possibility, you know, when you're in such an environment with such high negativity. Um, it, but the one thing I also say, too, is when you're dealing with the demonic case, Regardless if you have uh, abilities or not, you will instantly know there's something that is not meant to be on this uh, plane of existence. It, it hits you. I've walked into ho- I've walked into houses with true demo- uh, true demonic haunting, and uh, you know it's kind of like I always say on these interviews is you know in psychology you have what your body tells you, what your mind tells you. You know in that circumstance, your your body's telling you get the hell out, dude. You know, this not right. Whatever's here is not right. You know, your body trembles. But you know, of course, with my mentality and with what I do, my mind's telling me, dude, you have to stand and fight. You know, you have to power through this. You know, you have to believe in yourself, believe in the faith that you you accomplished within your life. So if that if that's things that occurred while you were in that location, then there's definitely difference. Uh, it's definitely possible. say too is that uh, a demon and this is this is 
this is what a lot of people don't really understand. A demon will also not make its appearance known um, if it's a true demon. A uh, demon never comes out and says, Hey, I'm a demon! Yay, here's my name! So, you know, so the likeliness is possible, but you also gotta understand a demon's never going to uh, represent itself to be what it is because guess what? Once somebody understands, oh, maybe I'm dealing with a demon, or if it is in fact a demon, it is easier to diagnose the situation because the, the hardest part with me and why I get involved before, you know, I either bring the church in or, you know, I get brought in is to diagnose the situation. Um, and, you know, the, the diagnosis part is the very hardest part in, in, in the lot of haunting because you also, you got to understand what you're dealing with. Yeah, um, on that note, a couple of things. Um, yeah, it's kind of uh, interesting to me. You know, sometimes on the different devices that we have, you'll get a response, you know, of demon and kind of alerts you right there. Well, yes, yeah, not because it, it just identified itself as one, so you know it's not. But um, question from the chat room from uh, Shama. Um, James, how do you discern an angry or mean human spirit from a demonic entity or an inter interdimensional entity? So how do you make those... Uh, Differences. Well, like I said, you know, not to not be the dead horse, but like I, I don't necessarily. I believe everybody has abilities. I believe everybody can be clairvoyant, clairsentient. It depends on how you develop your abilities. Everybody has five senses, but technically everybody has six senses. It's just how you enable your third eye, or how you use it, or how you develop it. So I believe that you know, in that same situation, is if you know, there's negative spirits, earthbound spirits that are you know. A holes when they're alive, A holes when they're dead, and they're very uh, supreme, you know, negative beings. But there's a big difference between dealing with somebody that's negative and then dealing with something that's pure evil with what a demon is. So it's that feeling when you go in, even if you don't have a garnished ability um, and you don't know how to control it, you know, once you get that rush, um, there's certain things too, you know, a lot of people like to. Um, three scratches, you know, the mark, mark of the Trinity. But there's 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 two differences in scratches a lot of people don't really correspond to. If it's a demonic scratch, it's not ever gonna leave that red information mark. It's gonna look like three cuts by uh, like a box cutter mm -hmm. with no information. Uh, if usually if there's information marks with the red uh, around scratches, usually it's a human scratch because human hands that's why when you scratch somebody it leaves the information because the pressure uh, a demon will never leave that uh, that information. Uh, also, if you always look at scratches too, and the big, a lot of people really don't see it because they, you know, they see the three scratches, so they get their mind uh, running. Uh, it's a demon, but usually there's always going to be a little fourth scratch because if you look at your finger, you know, your hand, you even scratch somebody, your three dominant fingers, which is right here, scratch, but your pinky always does leave a little bit of that indication to the skin, but you'll never see it if you're not looking. So yeah. those are some, some traits that you can look at, but it's more so, I think, the feeling of it and more than anything, because, you know, we can use all these tools in the field, which are great, you know, um, but you remember these tools were used either as electrician or plumber right. or whichever, you know, that we use these tools for, like, come on, Dallas and Ross was used to find water sources, you know, uh, plumber, uh, you know, <laughs> A lot of these tools are used for other things, but you know the greatest tool that you can use is yourself. Absolutely. Um, so it's, it's it's very hard to determine. It takes 
a lot of a lot of steps in what I do to do, even determine something to be demonic. And even if it is something demonic, it's not like I tell the client, you have a demon in your house. I I never uttered those words ever, ever to anybody beside either my team or myself. Um, or even to the church, if I bring them involved, if, it, if it's something beyond just regular demonic haunting, you know, if it's in the oppression or possession stages. Uh, At what point so do you decide to bring in the church? Say that again? At what point do you decide to bring in the church? Uh, if there's enough documentation, uh, usually, you know, of course, the church requires uh, a medical eval and a psychological eval. Okay, yeah. Um, usually, you know, you bring them in more if um, the person is dealing with the possession stage. Even if it's perfect possession, which is highly rare compared to a transient possession, which is where the demon comes in and out. A perfect possession is where the demon actually has full control at all times. At all times, and it's a very it's a subject where you have to get somebody involved ASAP because that person will start losing motor skills, start, start not eat if they try to eat something they vomit. So usually in that stage, uh, with uh, the demonic possession stage there, which is a three stage thing, you know, infestation, oppression, and possession. I would try to bring them at the oppression stage if I can. Uh, mm-hmm. Church does require a lot of uh, a lot about validity before it does get involved. Like I said, the psychological testing and the medical testing. Uh, but I would usually bring the church, and especially as a seminarian uh, with the old Catholic Church, I would bring them in as soon as I had enough documentation because it is a requirement before the bishop signs off for a foreign exorcist to come in, uh, or even even sometimes a priest to come in uh, to you know validate the situation on there as well. Um, so it, t- it takes a lot of steps, but um, I would try to bring them in because guess what? You know, or one thing is is they have legalities, you know, uh, in such a certain situation, they, they do all those processes where, you know, with myself, not, of course, as expensive as the church, can't necessarily do all those uh, steps that they can. You bring up an interesting point. I want to run back to that just real quick. You said that it, it shows you know, something you fear. You can ask Mike and occasion that I feel one thing, one thing in this world, and that's spiders. Yeah, but, yeah that's the same with shot on spiders. And here's another interesting uh, little tidbit to what happened to us there. We were all pagans. <laughs> all three of us who were there were pagans, so the effect that it would ha- that it had on us is different yeah. from our belief system, belief system than it would have had on somebody else. So I, it, it, I really didn't fear it. You know, it, it, I mean, I, I, just, I didn't. But it was vile and it was disgusting. But I didn't fear it because I guess you have to really believe something fearful. Even spiders. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, uh, you know, I think where the, I think where we, uh, I think where a lot of people disconnect is, you know, everybody thinks of demons and they instantaneously think of Christianity. Uh, you know, it's of course not necessarily the case. You know, I think every uh, religion or you know every major religion, you know, like, yeah, remember there's 4,100 religions out there that exist in this in this world, um, and most of those religions actually have a concept of evil. You know, if it's demon, Azora. If it's you know gin, if it's you know uh, whatever you know, there's there's so many different terms that you can go based upon. Um, but you know, a demon is just a Christian word. Uh, but 
there is many concepts of what a demon is and many different religions and you know some of them have different characteristics some of the some of the some of them are the same so you know it, it does really uh, especially when it comes to the concept of the word demon it does mean to affect more of a Christian person but I think anybody you know and uh, with the right mind uh, course cannot fear such a thing because once you fear it if that's what it feeds it uh, but you know, I think uh, even with pagan, being pagan, you know, I've dealt with people that were pagans and uh, you know dealt with something on that level as well. So uh, I think it really just depends. You know, uh, if you give into the fear, then that's when it wins. But if you don't, that just shows you that who you are. You know, you're strong, and, um, and that, that a lot of people don't realize that you know fear is a big thing. That's what they feed off of. They feed off of uh, your energy. They feed off of what you fear. You know. They come in so nice, they come in so like, hey, my name's Bobby, and then I'm no longer Bobby, I'm freaking, you know, Dean Bob or something like that, you know, so they, they, they play the nice way, and that's why I say, you know, the modern quantum is so misunderstood, everybody thinks that you have a level 5 poltergeist ASAP in your house, you know, um, it's not, it's a really, it's a really slow, very, uh, my new haunting, you know, you, you wouldn't think otherwise, you just think that, you know, you get you, you dead, dead family member, whichever is in your house, and then boom, and then once that finds that weak person, it starts going downhill very fast, because they, they break the boundaries of that person, and, you know, they, they make them fear, and they do a lot of things to your mentality, um, which break you down, you know. James, I have a, uh, a question for you, and I... I I guess I kind of wonder if this is, you know, something that we've done as humans because we like to categorize things. Um, but, like, types of demons, levels of hell, you know, all that sort of thing. Um, where does that all come from? Is there, is there a specific reference for, you know, determining, you know, all these different types of, you know, archetypes of, of demons? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, demonology emphatically, you know, let's get this right, people. Demonology is just the study of demons and demonic folklore. That is all, and that, just, that means every religion, in, our, in my honest opinion. Uh, we don't go in there and start going to exorcisms and stuff like that. So, you know, our basis of knowledge is those things. You know, where they come from is literature. You know, it's from people that, you know, it's the same thing, the Bible. You know, the Bible is written by many different people over time. And it's the same thing, you know, that was passed down, you know, demons or the, the, the ideology of evil has been around since human conception, you know, if you look at the Krishna aspect, you know, Adam and Eve, you know, in Genesis, there's your concept of evil, or your, I should say your your ethic, your ethical aspect of life, which really is good, you know, right or wrong, and a lot of the wrong human habit, uh, you know, really determines to how evil has corresponded. So a lot of things like the levels of hell, if you look at Dante's Inferno with, you know, with hell being, you know, the frozen oasis where treachery happens, or if you look at the different uh, standpoints of how, how they're stacked, you know, how many demons there are, you got to remember a lot of these books have different uh, representation of demons or the hierarchy. Um, you know, it's not all the same. There's and so many different changes within the times of human society. So where demon names come from and the hierarchy uh, would more 
follow the same aspect of what's been passed down. You know, people that have dealt with demonic entities um, in the past and very much older than, of course, Christianity. You know, those names are passed down. If somebody deals with a true demonic case, especially thousands of, thousands of years ago or a thousand of years ago, a few hundred years ago, they, they you know, that name, that name is corresponding. Um, into 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 literature, and that's how you know. I, I, I don't know what hell looks like. I don't know even know what heaven looks like, and I don't think I don't what a demon looks like. I think there's many different characteristics of a demon, different characteristics of the hierarchy. But uh, you know, all I can do is go based upon what has been given to me by the past and try to um, acquire that knowledge and, and formulate something for the new age. You know, I think. Every, 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 so often, you know, it, the rule book changes to what we do and to what they are, you know, for, so it, it really depends, you know, that it's all from literature, it's all from also hands-on experience for people that actually dealt with it, you know, uh, some of the names are very interesting, like, like, how they came up with it, but, you know, so, I don't, I, that's, a, that's a really good question, you know, I, I think that with all the books that I've read, and all the different theories, you, gotta, you also got to remember, it's a theory, and it's, right. it's an ideology, but it's not, you know, there's no fact to that ideology, um, even though I've dealt with uh, demonic entities, and um, but I also also have had the ability to hear many names either, because like I said earlier, a demon doesn't just come out and say my name is my name is right. it's, not like, it's not like a bad song. My name is, you know, you know, it's yeah. Like, it, 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 well, I just, I just find it interesting because like this, this past weekend I did a, um, I did a talk on on shadow people and you know kind of how we've got compartmentalized uh, the types of you know, shadow people into different types. Um, I know Shana and I were doing some uh, research on fairies not too long ago, and you read some of these books, and they have like an entire like social structure. It's like you know, where did this stuff come from? It comes from you know, you know, uh, myths and legends and all that. And so, um, I haven't done a lot of you know research on demonology, but you know, I've heard a lot of terms and and things like that thrown around before. And so that's where I was kind of you know asking about that. It's kind of the same thing, where it's the the, the myths and the legends and the lore being. Um, you know, categorized in, into these different areas. You gotta remember, human humans live. The, the biggest thing for humans and habit, and of course, you, you know, this all relates to ethics and it relates to how we live as human beings and how, you know how we make things in our life happen. You gotta remember the one thing that uh, at, at the end of the day is what humans love the most is symbolism. And yeah. you know, symbolism has a key part to do with uh, demonology because a lot of people like to reference certain things to, to to demons or to angels and to all these certain things. We give we give a symbolism, we give symbols or we give uh, icons or these other things to what these things exist. You really think Lucifer is this uh, you know red horned creature with a you know. A, you know, with the pitchfork, uh, or these demons have these wings and these horn creatures with like, right. you know, look like dinosaurs. You really think that's what they look like? You know, I think so. A lot of that has to also do with the entertainment pop culture or the symbolism of what people like for it to believe. You know, it's like kind of when, uh, you know, I think it was 1973 that Exorcist came out. I could be wrong. Uh, there but you when Exorcist came out, you know, Ouija boards, spirit boards have been around for many, many, many years since ancient China, ancient Egypt. Uh, and of course, when you know uh, 
Exorcist came out, look at the Ouija board, look at the mantra of it, now it's evil, because right. of, the, of, of, of the movie, you know? Yeah, um, it's not. Go ahead, it's not just symbolism. Uh, it's people need to realize that a lot, of, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the, the important books, the Bible, and everything else, were written by man, and a lot of people associate the, the presence of demons with Lilith, who was created just before Eve, and then she was sent to what they would consider hell, mm-hmm. being well. Let's just face it. Today's time is too outspoken. James, we have a uh, question from the chat room, one of our Mad Hatters. Uh, Katie Palmer asks, do you need permission from a high priest for an exorcism, or can anyone do one? Oh, God, no. Um, so basically, like, um, I'm not an exorcist. Anybody asked me, I'm a demonologist that study. Technically, I'm only a demonologist, and the church doesn't actually uh, look at me as a demonologist. If I, Even though I'm a seminarian, I am technically a demonologist by my training, by my mentor, and by myself, and by technicality. The church doesn't look me at look at me as a demonologist. When I, you know, when I as a deacon, and the council of bishops, uh, you know, say you're you're a religious demonologist, you know, the church looks at you as a demonologist. I'm not there yet. You know, I've been a demonologist by the word or the title for you know over eight years, but you know I, I still have not been referenced by the church as a demonologist. So one one day I will be a religious demonologist and you know I, I've already talked about it, but I'm, the one of the main goals why I'm at seminary is not because just my faith and strength in me, but because I'm actually training to become an exorcist. And you know so um, you know I, I, I want that out because that is my calling. So I'm not an exorcist right now. I, I don't have the holy orders of the, the right to do an exorcism or a minor exorcism. You know, there's the solemn right and there's the minor right. One's done on a house, one's done on an individual. Um, when you say high priest, when you talk about high priest, you're talking more like high priestess, high priest. That's more of a pagan aspect. Of, um, but you would so basically when the church gets involved, which I would call somebody is possessed if, if, if I can't handle it, you know, I call in what I believe to me to be, be the big guns. Um, the only people that actually do the, the term exorcism is the Catholic Church. There is other aspects of exorcisms, like other names of it or other ideas of it and other 
Christian denominations and other religions, but the true aspect of exorcism comes from the Catholic branch. That's Roman Catholic, that's Old Catholic, that's the Greek Orthodox, that's the Oriental Orthodox. Those are the people that mainly train and participate in exorcisms. There's other aspects of the world out there, the other religions and denominations, uh, but it takes years and years of training. You know, my, my seminary is a fast-paced seminary. You know, I'd probably be doing it for the next few years of my life. And then, of course, on top of, you know, the demonology and exorcism stuff, um, I, I probably do it for most of my life, you know, training, because that's, it's, it's, a continuous, it's a continuous field you learn. I have never stopped learning. So, you know, for me to say I'm an exorcist and, you know, I can go do exorcisms, and you didn't go through that route, you're kind of lying to yourself. You're putting, up, you're putting people at danger because you didn't take the legitimate route to say that you're that person. So if you ever come across somebody that is saying they do exorcisms uh, and they're not of the church, you got to be very careful and cautious with those people because guess what? The reason that I also believe that the church can also fundamentally do that without the training is because they also, especially the Roman Catholic Church, which are the main practitioners of the, the Solomon of exorcisms, is because they also have the financial backing of if any legal issues happen. Right. There's a lot of dangers within the exorcism because not not because of what's going on, but because of within the ritual you are provoking the entity to come out religiously. So anytime you provoke a spirit, and we all know this as investigators, you always open yourself up to danger. But the, the only thing that you have to do during an exorcism, the reason that you have to call upon an entity to come out, is because you have to, um, you have to make it. You know, and by belief, you have to make it go to the foot of Jesus Christ. So the feet of Jesus Christ. So that's how you, you know, by provoking it and by, you know, breaking. Basically, what it's doing to the person, you're doing it to you're doing to the entity with the power of God behind you. You're trying to break it down as well and bend down to you know all the receiver and Christian in my opinion. So it's really if you do that without being ordained uh, through the church, then you're putting yourself at danger. You're putting the person that you're doing the exorcism on uh, in danger, and you 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 know there was just a case where a team in Florida. Uh, a bunch of paranormal investigators, and I won't name names, yeah. but they did an exorcism over somebody untrained, and the person committed suicide. Oh. And guess what? Guess what's happening to this team? They're in legal issues right now. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not, you know, they're going to be meeting Big Bubba soon. So, um, you got to be careful, you know, it, it's not something to play around with, you know, before you, even before the church comes, and like I said, to beat the dead horse over and over again. You have to get psychological tested, and it's not just from a lot of therapy or psychological testing situation. They they see them multiple times just to make sure that there's nothing medically wrong with them, and it's it's truly in fact something beyond the known means that science can explain. Yeah. Hey, we have a, another question from the chat room. You guys have some great questions tonight, by the way. Uh, from Tom McNicholas, uh, what's the difference between a demonologist and a priest handling demons? Say that again, please. What's the difference between a demonologist and a priest in handling demons? Oh, like I just basically just said, you know, uh, a priest goes through seminary, or a religious demonologist is uh, um, accepted by a council of bishops within a church um, to be a religious demonologist. My title is more so uh, given to the, the other 
uh, title demonologist in this field and my, by my mentorship and by, you know, of course, my studies. You know, demonology is just a study. That's all it is. Let's just end it there. Uh, a priest that does exorcisms or a priest in general, they go to school and they actually get a degree. They actually get a, a doctorate or a master's in divinity or theology. I don't have a doctorate or a master's in anything yet. You know, once I get done with my seminary, I will have that. And that's why I did it, because I want to do things the right way. I'm, my, my life wants I've acquired knowledge. And for me to acquire that knowledge, I have to go that route, because that's the correct route to go. You know, right now, I'm just some guy that can call himself a demonologist with no degree, nothing. You know, so that's basically the truth. You know, I've read a plethora of books. I've had a handful of cases of, of on-job experience, if you want to call it that. But... Still, I'm going the right route. There's a lot of people that don't go the right route and don't go the way of the priest because not everybody's meant to go that way. So that's the big difference. One's a study, one's an action. You know, you have to go through a lot of lot of stuff in seminary. You know, everybody thinks it's easy, but it's not. You know, and even demonology is not, and it's not something you should get into if 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 you're wary of things. You know, so you know. There, there's three steps in it. You know, there's demonologist, religious demonologist, and then there's a priest or an exorcist. So that's that's definitely the differences. You know, not every demonologist is an exorcist, and and mostly no demonologist by the title is an exorcist. So you always got to be careful where we are, who you're talking to, or who you're acquiring the knowledge from and their opinion from. Because guess what? I, I could go read it, you know, even though I would pretend to it. You know, somebody can go read a book about demons and then be a demonologist tomorrow. Yeah, I had somebody, um, it was on a YouTube video like a couple of years ago that was, um, that threw out a comment that they'd been a, a demonologist since they were 12 years old. So I guess they, they read a book and figured they were a demonologist. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people, a lot of people, and sorry to cut you off, um, a lot of people, you know, have come up to me and said, oh, I want to become a demonologist. How do I become a, I just look at them straight. Don't. It's not, it, it, it's a study. A lot of people don't understand that. A lot of people can't take the comprehension and take the time and uh, mental capacity to, to learn that amount of books and literature and, you know, what you will come across, you know, a lot of people start to think that you're going to see demons all the time, but for more of that, you're really going to deal with earthbound spirits, you're going to deal with people that have mental disorders, and when you deal with mental disorders, it's, you have to understand where to red flag it and where to call somebody in in that field to handle that, because like I said, if you, if you, uh, let's say if I go into somebody's house, just, just, just to diagnose it, so if I have to bring the church in, let's say they have psychological disorder, and I say, yeah, I start pumping into their, you know, uh, chemically imbalanced head, that, yeah, you have ghosts here, you, you yeah. have demons here, yeah. what, are, what are you going to do to that? You know, you have to be very careful on how to handle situations. Like, I never talk about the paranormal ghost, uh, unless I'm emphatically sure with enough proof that I can talk about it, and I still don't hear ever, like I said, drop a demonic word. So you always got to be careful, and you always got to look, uh, kind of understand what you're dealing with, uh, because when, once you once you even say it, somebody has, even they believe they have a demon, but they have a psychological issue, and you say ghost, they won't they won't lash away from that, and you put right. them more at risk than harming themselves or harming others. So you you this. 
you know, it, being a demonologist, it's, it's not easy, it's not fun, you know, it, it is a calling, not everybody's meant to do it, you know, everybody uh, asks me, can I, can I apprentice on you? Yeah, I'll apprentice you, but I, I'm not also telling you that you, you're going to continue with it, or you're going to like what you see, you know, and I've had many people experience cases, not true demonic cases, but very malevolent cases, and they couldn't handle a malevolent case. It was that last case they ever did, and they're no longer part of the field. Okay, I could just imagine if they ever truly dealt with a true demonic case. With what, what you know, every every time I've dealt with one, and I'll be I'll be straight honest with everybody. I speak to a therapist, you know, and I've seen some crazy crap, and you know, it really changes you. Either it makes your faith stronger, or it just obliterates you and, and, and your correspondence and what you believe in life. Oh, we have a couple more uh, questions from the chat room. Um, now I'm going to do them in reverse from the way I have them because kind of tying into a little bit about what you're saying. This is uh, from Zippy Davis. What made you want to become a demonologist? And you're you're telling you're you're actually recommending to people not to become one, but you decided to become one. Well, basically, let's, I'll just say it like this. I've always been interested in the concept of religion, theology, uh, you know, what is God, um, what are demons and angels, what is what is evil and good. You know, I, I'm big, of course, you can't, let's pop this up, I'm a big Star Wars guy. <laughs> there you um, go. And there's, there's the light side and the dark side, so it's always been a correspondence of my life. You know, I had a very bad upcoming um, in my childhood, and I, I questioned God. Um, and I question the validity of why something could happen to a child like myself. So, you know, I started studying very young about religion, about Darwinism, about evolutionism, you know, about other certain topics that correspond with either debunking or uh, kind of following that religion does exist and faith does exist and God does exist or, you know, where did we come from and how were we created. So I was always interested in that. And, of course, living on Rhode Island, you know, I, I had the pleasure to be five, ten minutes away from ghost hunters, you know, taps. And I grew up watching Unsolved Mysteries and I grew up watching Scooby-Doo and I, watched, I grew up watching all that stuff. So, you know, when I started getting involved in it, at 14 years old and started going to graveyards with the tape recorder, with the film camera, with the flashlight, uh, you know, I fell in love with it. I fell in love with trying to search for the answer. And originally why I got it so young is because I wanted to understand do spirits really exist? And if spirits really exist, does that in God really exist? Is there, is there a life after death? Um, and is there a heaven and hell? So when I got into it, it was for that, for those answers, uh, for, for that self, self kind of fulfillment. And getting into it, you know, when I got older, 18, 19, and started doing residential cases and leading my own group, um, you know, I came across a few cases that I couldn't help them beyond giving them the answer saying, yeah, your house is haunted. And that kind of took a lot in me to kind of say, you know, these people are, you know, I'm going home at night, these people are suffering because they deal with a haunting that they can't live by, even if it might be Manu, um, and not really a demonic haunting or highly malevolent haunting, they're still, you know, suffering, they still, you know, want some peace. So it really kind of drove me, not just to do the, the ministry aspect, but to, to draw me into actually fundamentally learning the aspects of demonology, to understand uh, what people go through and understand the history of it. So that really got what got me into demonology. Uh, 
And so ever since I've been in love with it, you know, I try to escape the damn thing. I've left <laughs> quite a few times, but I'm always drawn back. You know, I, I, I'll take myself off social media. I'll take my name, number, my whatever, my website down. And somehow, some way, somebody will contact me and say, I need help. And guess what? I'm a soccer. Yeah, you'll so be So I always come back. Well, Vanessa, you're down there uh, waving. <laughs> Yeah, because everybody, they were waving at me in the chat, so I thought I'd hit everybody. What? <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I've kind of run with the conversation here, so uh, Vanessa, I'll let you um, come back in here for a little bit. I, there is another question from the chat for me to, to shadow that I do want to get to, but uh, Vanessa, I, I don't want to leave you quiet down there the whole time. That's okay. Um, now I have a question, and it, it's going to seem very juvenile. It's going to seem very elementary, my question, but I'm honestly curious, when you're, from your knowledge of what you've studied on, on exorcisms, mm -hmm. on demonology, um, because like you said, you don't have the actual experience in the exorcism part, but on your knowledge of what you've studied and those you've spoken with, when they go through what they go through to break the demon down, to mm -hmm. them out of that, that that physical presence inside a person, mm -hmm. where does it go? Well, it, it, there's only there's only one place that I can say it goes, and of course that's because of literature. You know, I, I, I have no no idea where a demon goes once um, once if that cord is disconnected. Um, you know, you know, in the Bible it says it goes to you know a lake of sulfur or or, or to a desert. You know, uh, saying you know where a desert where they just roam. Uh, for eternity, but I've also seen where I've done cases too, where um, I dealt with the case, the, the clients are fine, you know, uh, thankfully, uh, but the, the, the entity either comes back stronger, or the entity jumps to another location, and eventually, and this has happened, I will be called into that case, and a lot of the same characteristics of the case uh, happened many, many years ago, or a few months different, or whatever, you know, I did a case, you know, probably three years, and three years later, I dealt with the case with the same characteristics, made the same entity, I can't, of course, quote-unquote say that, but it had a lot of the same uh, situations, and to tell you the truth, for people that always ask me, every case is different. There's no similarities in any case. I, every case I go to, there's always something different, and even the ones that I believe that had similarities and could have been the same entity, testing me another time, uh, they there was always a little bit of a difference. And I, I don't know where they go. You know, maybe they do kind of go to some um, jail for a little bit for being bad. And, you know, once they break out, they target somebody else or try to get back at you for, you know, overcoming with your faith and your, uh, you, you're in the power of God. Um, but that's, that's a question is like to, you know, kind of like throw back at you. It, what are spirits? What are ghosts? Nobody knows. The best, the best thing that we can say to that question is, and answer is, I don't know. So you know, it's the same answer. I don't know where demons go. I don't even know what a demon is. I don't think anybody does. If people say it's a fallen angel, that's great, and all, but we can only go by literature. You know, we can only go by what we're told. But the best answer is, I don't know. Else in the room, you know, has it ever followed you home? Those possibility, 
it's a possibility of it jumping to another person that hasn't seen that, where, you know, you, you go through something where all of a sudden um, somebody lets their guard down. So it's a possibility, you know, but where, where they go if they do uh, they successfully exit out of the house, that, that's, that's the grand mystery. I think if we figure that out, I think we, we figure out if there is a, really a god, gods, or goddesses. Um, you know, I think we figure that possibility out, and then we find out, you know, if there does truly exist a perfect order, a heaven or hell, or, you know, whatever we like to call it, you know, the eternal dream. So I think if we ever figure that answer where they go, we probably figure out the answer to um, all those other questions that we always try to figure out in this field. But I also believe that we'll never figure that answer out in our lifetime, or if, even in our lifetime as humans. I don't think we're meant to uh, learn that until we die, until we pass on. Because you think about it, how many people have asked as an investigator, where do, you, where, where do you go after death? And we've never gotten that answer. I don't think we're meant to get that answer until we, until we find out ourselves. Yep, very true. We never get that answer from any of them. Um, okay, the question from Ether Shadow is, have you noticed an increase in demonic interaction and in what, in what, in your opinion, has been a direct link, if you've noticed one? Yeah, I'll repeat it because I kind of bumbled through it. Um... Have you noticed an increase in demonic interactions, and what, in your opinion, has been a direct link, if you've noticed one? Um, demonic cases, uh, for however long, especially however long I've been in the field, for however long my, uh, you know, the 18 before me was, then that means Edward Warren, and, you know, Bishop McKenna, and um, Malachi Martin, you know, the 18, in my opinion. Um, even for that long, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years, however long um, the concept of demons or evils been around, um, they've always been, it's always been a rare situation. Uh, 12 years, 400 plus cases, 5 to 7 demonic cases. That just shows you the rarity. Um, bishop Long, who's a great mentor of mine, and, you know, what actually my bishop, um, basically uh, has been doing exorcisms or been, you know, preached for 20 years. And he's only done twenty something exorcisms or twenty exorcisms uh, within twenty years. It just shows the rarity of it itself. And when you talk about exorcisms, that means minor exorcisms, exorcisms, the solemn right? So you know, basically, it just shows you the rarity of them. Um, do people deal with them more than you know? I do. There's a possibility, but more people also have less of an analytical approach and like to use that word more often than they should. So it really depends on who you talk to. I, I feel like it, it has progressed over time, but a lot of people like to talk about how negative the world is nowadays. It's true, yes, the world is negative, but the world's always been negative. You know, we talk about what's happening, you know, prayers for Las Vegas, but we talk about that. But, you know, you, you flash back 60, 50, 70, 80 years ago, you had World War II, World War One. you had all these other wars, which were... Um, pretty damn bad as well. So, you know, we, we do live in bad times, but we've always lived in bad times because guess what? For there to be bad, there has to be good. That's the balance of life. There's, there's not going to just be one thing uh, that exists. And there's always going to be those two. So it, right. I don't see, you know, it fluctuating more because of the world. It does help. And it does, you know, like I said, the laws of attraction, negative, it draws negative. So it, it does kind of amplify it. Um, but 
I actually haven't dealt with a true demonic case in quite a long time. It's been probably a year or more. So, you know, to me it's rare. And, you know, I don't deal with cases as much as other people do because I try to be conservative. You know, I have a family. You know, I, I have other things on my plate. And I work with a bunch of people where I hand, hand cases off to other individuals. Um, so, but even those people said, you know, it wasn't demonic. So, um, it's a it's a rarity. Influx could be for some people, but you no, know, in my opinion, there hasn't been um, a true influx uh, of flocks and cases um, that I've seen. I think it's been um, the same as as long as I've been part of the field. Demon shape from TV chat. No, there is only one true demon. Hey, there's only one true demon, and that is Shauna's stomach. Now that is <laughs> her stomach demon is like crazy loud. <laughs> I had to throw that out there. Sorry, sorry, my love. I had to I had to throw it out there. Uh, I do have a question for you. Um, as somebody who's you know studied the field um, for a while as you have um, and I know this would be as an outsider you know looking into it um, do you think that um, a demon or just being involved in so many exorcisms as Malachi Martin is that is that really what killed him because a lot of people speculate that what, what Malachi filmed the exorcism well yeah how Basically, it was right after performing an exorcism where uh, he passed away, and so a lot of people attribute that to, you know, well, all the exorcisms that he performed or that specific demon that, that may have well, killed him. Well, if you watch Hobbes of the Devil, which is a great documentary, uh, you know, my good friend Ralph Sarchi is a part of it, and uh, many other great people are a part of that. Um, of course, John Zappis is as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, of course, after dealing with that, I believe it was a little girl, um, you know, that he was said to uh, have been pushed and, you know, have died. Um, it's a possibility, you know, I don't try to relate to everything to the paranormal when it comes to my life. I think there's a lot of normal circumstances and natural occurrences that happen, um, more than anything paranormal, but you gotta remember, it, 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 in some aspect, it's kind of like the law of attraction all over again, you know. It, when you deal with so much negativity, um, regardless if it's natural or, you know, abnormal or paranormal, you know, negativity can uh, create stress, uh, create anxiety, create depression, it can create cancer, you know, they, they, if, you have, if you've had stress for a long time, these, these diseases, these things happen to your body, so it's possible that if you're around it, around it all the time, you're, you're, it's like smoking a cigarette, you know, it, it, takes, it takes your life away here and there, you know, it, it breaks you down, so it's kind of like dealing with the negative energy. Um, you know, over time, that, that negative energy is going to consume you, and it's going to take you out. You know, it, nobody's uh, nobody's impervious. Uh, I think that's the word. Or nobody's yeah. uh, strong enough to repel so much uh, negative energy um, away from yourself, and eventually your body succumbs to it. And that's how a lot of people say, you know, following Andrew Calder died. Malachi Martin passed away. Um, you know, so on, so on. All these people that you know were in the, the aspect of spiritual warfare, doing exorcisms, or involved in the field of negative haunting, as you know, they, they said they passed on because of you know their body eventually couldn't handle um, the involvement anymore. You know, I, I, after doing a case, you know, I know a lot of paranormal investigators called you know 
our tire after investigation, but yeah. after, I, after I do a case, if it was a deliverance or even just an assessment, or, um, I, I'm obliterated. I, I, I barely can almost stay on my two legs. Yep. You know, like, yeah, we call it a pair of hangover. Yeah. Oh, hangover, I had that before, but yeah. when you deal with the negative force, it's beyond a hangover, in my opinion. So, you know, I can just imagine what that eventually does to your body over time, you know, especially if you've only been doing it for eight years in the negative aspect. Um, so, you know, I can just imagine 10, 20, 30, 40 more years of it. Am I going to be discombobulated? Am I going to have to walk with the king? Stuff like that, you know, like, is it, what is it going to do my body, to, my, to my body? Well, that's what me and me and Chris all said after we had our situation of Virginia. It took a month to recover. Yeah. A month to recover. And it isn't just somebody that deals with demons. It's any type of uh, work in this field, Edgar Casey's. It took a huge toll on Edgar Casey's. Huge toll. So, I mean, it's, it's all of us, and it's something that we have to consider because of how far we put ourselves in this field. That, yeah. I mean, you do suffer from it. It's just, it's just the way of it. You just have to decide whether or not it's worth it for as long as you do it. Yeah, right, Mike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have... Spit. Yeah. <laughs> Another, uh, we're getting we're getting close to the end of the show, but we have uh, another question or two to uh, get to here. Um, Thomas McNicholas wants to know, James, um, do you believe in the Antichrist, and would he take a human form? Um. Well, of course, I believe in Lucifer. Um, not in the way, of course, like a, a Satan, a Luciferian, a Luciferian would. Or, um, of course, you could say the Church of Satan, but the Church of Satan, you know, a lot of people misconfuse confuse uh, with their ideologies. And, um, so, you know, I, I definitely believe in the Antichrist. I believe that, you know, uh, I, I, I say it, let's say it without religious uh, religious tenor. I'll say it with, like I said. For there to be balance in life, there has to be good and evil. There, there is a Christ and there is an Antichrist. Because guess what? If you take religion out the window, if you take ideologies, if you take habits, you take ethics, you take all of that all out the window, there is a balance in life. You're gonna have your good days. You're gonna have your bad. You're gonna have your bad days. And for there to be good, there has to be evil. So there is an Antichrist. I definitely believe in it. Because guess what? That's the balance. The light side, dark side, it's the same damn thing. Everything, Harry Potter, Star Wars, Bible, you know, anything in literature has explained to us, and of course this is true, even science, laws of attraction, uh, which we can take more to note than anything else that I just said, because science does rule all in, this, in that aspect, because it is proven to be factual, um, with uh, a lot of documentation, where, you know, there's always that balance. There's always that good and evil. So yeah, I definitely believe in Antichrist. Can the Antichrist uh, manifest as a human? It's kind of like saying demons can manifest as a human, but I believe in the same aspect. There's always going to be something wrong with that manifestation. A demon can never truly manifest as a full human being. There's always going to be something wrong um, or disfigurement wrong with that apparition or manifestation. So it's a possibility. I, if, if I'm sorry to tell you, I do believe in Lucifer. I do believe that um, you know his his power um, of negativity of his evilness. Um, but if I ever came across Antichrist himself, I'd probably poop myself and run. 
thank. <laughs> you know, as much as I have strength in my faith in God, um, I think that's one that's one battle I cannot win without help. And of course, even though I have help with the power of God, but I also think that you know, if the Antichrist ever came face to face with me, I I I'd probably be pretty goddamn screwed. And sorry for swearing, but it's the truth. It's the internet; you can swear. <laughs> I've kept the F bombs to a minimum. I'm proud. Yeah, you've been pretty clean tonight, Vanessa. <laughs> well, I did ask. I did ask before this interview if I, uh, if it was uh, video because that was going to be my birthday suit. So I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> I did ask. <laughs> he did ask. He did ask if if it was video because otherwise he would have his birthday suit. Right, I did it that way. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, and uh, one last question, and then we'll wrap it up. This is from uh, Sean Gilmore from Ectovision Paranormal. Um, how do you know the difference between strong spirit or something that's just a strong spirit and a demon? I know we kind of covered that a little bit earlier, but just to kind of yeah. refresh. Yeah, I know we talked about that. It's basically the energy levels. It's basically how the, the haunting corresponds to the home. You know, like if you walk into a house... And let's say if it is a possession stages, you know, or anti, uh, you know, in transit possession, the person's, the demon's not going to take over the person unless there needs to be uh, a reason for that person to, to become a catalyst and for the entity to, to make its appearance. But if, if you go in a house and um, there's poltergeist activity happening, like uh, to, to level five standards where, like, you know, desks are moving and items are rotating, the likeliness of it, you know, uh, doing the theatrics of the situations when you walk in a house, uh, you got to question that. If that's happening and there's real activity there, if that activity is happening right in front of you, you always got to question it. To, to where I would more lean towards that it possibly is uh, either a poltergeist or a human haunting. Um, because, uh, like I said, a, a demon is a master manipulator. A demon is uh, fear-driven. Fear and it is also, I like to say, and I, and, and I laugh about it, but a ninja, it's going to strike at you at its least expectance. At your least expectance, it's going to strike you behind. It's going to, it's going to tear you apart when you give, you, it, you give the opportunity. So that's the really big difference. You walk in a house, and it does make you feel heavy and negative, but if things are happening right in front of you, like crazily, you always got to question what's going on because, like I said, a demon's not going to necessarily do that. It's not going to come out full force and say, hey, I'm here, ha ha, get ready. You know, it, it will test you, but it's not going to uh, make its appearance that that known. And that's my opinion, of course. There's might be people that say, oh, no, the, the demon's going to come out and, you know, forcefully remove you from the house. That's um, really all speculation and opinion, but uh, from what I've experienced, you know, I, I, I've always had to dig deep. I've always had to uh, get the information out and to understand the circumstances before even it was equated to be uh, with the title demon. Right. All right. Well, thank you very much, James. I'm waiting to see if uh, I guess I missed a question from Lynn's White somewhere, and so I'm waiting to see if she'll retype it. But um, as, as I'm sitting there waiting for that, how can people find you? And um, anything that I, I know you do a lot with the with the Selma House as well. So you know, you want to throw some information out there for everybody. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, you can reach me on Facebook, um, James. My last name's A N N I T T O. Um, you can find me at jamesnito.com with the same spelling, of course. Um, you know, usually it's better to contact me through social media or through my website. My website goes to my email. Um, there are a few events coming up. I'll, have, I'll be in Chicago this weekend uh, for Chicago Ghost Con. I believe that is from Friday night to Sunday night. Um, that is, I believe, something that you can find on my profile uh, with the details. Um, but I'll be there and then um, kind of by October. But I have a few things coming up that can be seen on my website and that's uh, james.com. Cool. All right. Um, yeah, Lynn's question is there. Yeah, Lynn's question is Have you ever heard of an exorcism on a dead person to get them to leave a location? A dead person to leave a location. Yeah. Usually, uh, usually exorcism is done unless it's a minor exorcism, which is uh, pretty much let's, uh, let's, let's, it's it's uh, amplified house cleansing. That's what a uh, minor exorcism is. It's amplified house cleansing for a, a demonic infestation. Uh, but uh, usually, an exorcism, uh, the solemn is done on a living person, um, not a dead person. So I, once you gotta remember, once somebody dies and they lose the ability for free will, uh, a divine entity is no longer established into that person. They have no reason to control them anymore. So uh, no, exorcism would never be done on a dead person because once the free the free will chain is broken, uh, the demonic entity leaves the body and jumps to its next target. Next target. All right. Fantastic. Um, really appreciate everything tonight, James. Um, we have shout-outs to do. Um, I, I know you guys would give me a bunch of crap if I forgot them tonight. <laughs> so let's not forget them. Um, but, yeah, thank you very much, James, for, for coming on tonight and uh, spending the hour with us. A lot of great information. Um, and I know that uh, we've been, you know, in, in a lot of our episodes, we've been very hesitant to throw the D word around because um, it's uh, a lot of people do, especially on television these days. So, um it was very informative, and uh, we appreciate you coming on and clarifying a number of things. Very much. It was, it was an honor to be on, and thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Do you want to stick around for the shout-outs, or it's up yeah, to you? Sure. All right. All right, so let's get into, let's bring up the chat room here, all you mad hatters out there. And uh, yeah, people are thanking you in the chat room, so um, let's get into it. Of course, there is Shauna, our chat shenanigator. Thanks for shenanigating the chat, my love. Then we have, we'll just go from the bottom on up, um, Charmaine Charms. Thank you very much for being, being with us again tonight. Bonnie Halper and one of our Cheshire cats. Thank you as well. Our Cheshire cats are uh, Bonnie Halper and Donna Gordon and Tammy Sifford. Thank you. There's Zippy Davis. Thank you for your questions tonight. Uh, Alan uh, Wurzbaugh, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Luli Tubi, yes, I see you there. see the me, me, me. Thank you. <laughs> Luli's always there. It's awesome. Uh, BPI, Beyond Perception Investigators, Gwen. Gwen Clapper, thank you very much. Uh, Tom McNicholas, uh, big patron of ours from uh, Patreon. So uh, thank you very much, Tom, for joining us again tonight. Appreciate that. Ether Shadow, thank you very much for your questions tonight. Uh, Cindy Wilson, thank you for coming out. Uh, Chipper Terry, thanks again for joining us. Linz White, hope I uh, did all right with your question there at the end. Make sure we got it in there for you. <laughs> Carrie Parrish, thank you as always for joining us tonight. Um, earlier on, um, Super Woody Boy was on, but he had to leave early tonight, so I want to make sure I get him in there. Um, 
Yeah, Tammy Heisman, thank you for joining us once again, of course. Um, Sean Gilmore from Ectovision Paranormal, thank you, and uh, thanks for the question. Um, check out their videos, too. Let's see, I, you echoed really bad there, Vanessa, so I didn't hear what you said. Christy Dunlap, she's new. Okay, well, thank you, Christy, for joining us. Um, there's Vanessa Renee Hogel in the chat. Who's that? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Joe Chandler, Joe Chandler, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Uh, Andrew Cox, of course. Um, I hope you're not driving at the moment, <laughs> but thank you. Um, he's always in his truck going somewhere. Who else do we have? Um, yeah, I see Christy. Uh, Christy was out on a bunch of our videos earlier tonight and um, earlier today, um, catching EVPs and all kinds of stuff on there. So that was very, very cool. So yeah, thank you, Christy. Um, who else do we have? Um, do you see anybody else there, Vanessa? And if we miss you, of course, it's nothing personal. I think we've got everybody. We've got Bonnie, uh, Robert White, I don't think he was in tonight. I think he had something to do. Uh, think, I think uh, Katie Palmer. Him. Katie Palmer, thank you very much. Okay, and uh, Bethany Warner. Yep. I just scrolled all the way back down to see if anybody was popping in there. So, okay. Oh. Very, very cool. Thank you all, you fantastic Mad Hatters. You guys had some great questions tonight. And um, really appreciate, again, James coming on and answering all those questions for you guys. So, um, again, if, hey, if, you, if you want the coffee t-shirt, hit me up because <laughs> i got a bunch of them. Get your, I'm just here for the coffee t-shirt. Yeah, that, and, oh, and don't forget, we still have, we still have yeah. some of the Edge of the Rabbit Hole shirts, too. So, and get my book. Get Vanessa's book. Get yourself some ghosty. <laughs> Christmas shopping. There you go. Christmas shopping. You can you can do some Christmas shopping at Hunter Road Media. There you go. You can do Halloween shopping at Hunter Road Media. There you go. <laughs> all right. So, thank you all. What's that? Oh, Joanne Rubino. There you go. Thank you, Joanne. All right. All right, everybody. Thank you once again. Thank you, James. I'm Mike Ricksecker for Vanessa Hogel and... Shauna down in the chat room or chat shenanigator. Have a great night, everyone. Bye.